This podcast is sponsored by the California Walnut Board. The My Ag Life Daily News Report is the go-to daily ag news source for California agriculture. The hour-long daily news report can be heard every Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. and is available on demand with the My Ag Life app. Download it for free at myaglife.com. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry, West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today, we're talking with Rich Kreps, CCA, SSP, and contributing writer about nutrition plans for pistachio orchards and how growers can make better orchard nutrition decisions. Welcome, Rich. Thank you, sir. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Rich, here's my first question for you. Why is it difficult to give a pistachio grower a, how you say, silver bullet answer to creating a nutrition plan for their orchard? You know, how can growers properly assess their orchards to create a successful plan? Well, I think part of the frustration of our universities in trying to, I, I guess, create that silver bullet that everyone's looking for is a farmer just, you know, with everything on their mind, with tractors breaking down, guys not showing up, irrigation issues and water, they just want to be told, what do I need to do? And having to go into a deep analysis always makes that extremely difficult. Um, and so they're looking for the silver bullet, but it doesn't exist. We need to know what your soils look like. We need to know what your water looks like. And that's even two tests a year. It starts off, you know, cleaner usually in the spring, although I've seen some terrible issues already this spring um, in the South Valley. Uh, and then in the fall, it's going to be a lot saltier and dirtier. So your water is going to change as the season uh, progresses. The different nutrition you put into your ground is going to make it respond uh, differently as we're pulling tissues throughout the course of the season to try to give us a blood pressure of what the trees are doing, um, those are gonna change. And also where you take those tissues, whether it's low in the canopy, high in the canopy, if it's at the end of the fruit, uh, the end of the spurs past the fruit, the, the magnesium and the, and the nitrogen deficiencies at that point, those are gonna be different if you compare yellow nuts to green or yellow leaves to green leaves. So uh, that long answer basically is telling you there, there isn't a silver bullet and your advisors need to be diving deep into everything you have to give you a comprehensive approach. Okay. That's obviously a lot of information for a grower to take in. You know, how do you as, as a CCA or anyone else present that information to them, kind of tell them, Hey, this is, this is what you need to do. You know, I think what happens with uh, a lot of consultants that are specifically, you know, people like me that work for a specific company and not necessarily running the gamut of commoditizing everything and working off a price sheet um, is that you have the bias of you're just, you know, you're selling me your specific product. So what needs to happen with us as consultants as we go in is to ask, uh, what are you doing? What have you done? What has worked for you? And then what do you plan to do differently? Um, I hate the questions when guys, you know, you show up and a guy says, I'm, this is, this is what I do. Uh, you know, what would you normally do in your silver bullet program? And there's so many things that have to go into those questions to make it work. And if they're not willing to do anything different, you're wasting your time. So you've got to make sure that up front, you're going to deduce with them what has worked for them and then potentially offer solutions to what can work uh, if they're willing to make some changes and actually experiment a little bit to, to play with their specific soils and, and locales to see what's going to go into their tree. Okay. Rich, my next question for you here, what nutrients do pistachio demand curves tell growers to add throughout the season? And when should those nutrients be added? 
I think we're a little bit behind um, the times as far as almonds are concerned with pistachios on our nutrient demand curves. But of course, the UC, um, you know, guys like Bob Klein and Bob Beatty and, you know, the icons in our industry that have done a lot of research for years have put together some demand curves now. Um, and also some of them are more specific to county that will give us a guideline, at least on, on the big five, if not the big six, if you throw sulfur into the mix as to what's needed and when. And typically when, uh, when nut crops come out, they're gonna be super high in nitrogen and phosphorus. And that tends to fade very quickly from May to June. Um, and I think what that needs to, to be indicative of to us, or at least give us a good idea of is, is that what we do post-harvest is critical. And most of the nitrogen is gonna be coming out of the roots. It's not what we're applying early in the season. It's what we stored last year. Um, and there's been a lot of research. Dr. Horvath has done a ton of research on carbon to nitrogen ratios and how carbohydrate storage affects um, how those nutrients come out in the spring. So we tend to start very high on N and P early in the season. And then as the season moves on, uh, your calcium and your mag keep a nice steady growth pattern throughout the course of the season and continue to increase as, as we move along. So you want to think about uh, maybe addressing those issues a little bit more instead of just huge can 17 slugs early trying to address calcium and nitrogen, but space some of the calcium applications out. And also, I don't think we put enough emphasis on early phosphorus, um, definitely when it's cold and wet, it's tough to get phosphorus into a plant. So you wanna focus on getting the energy in and right early, and then you wanna space out the other nutrients and they've gotta, uh, again, it's not a silver bullet. You can't just throw in a mix that has everything in the same mix. You wanna think about one week doing calcium, one week doing some magnesium, one week doing some potassium, as all of our cations are gonna compete against each other for certain spots in the tree. So um, spacing those out small shots more often is going to give you a much better chance, I think, of, of getting the proper nutrition into your trees. Is there going to be any variation in those timings and spacings, you know, depending on the orchard and the soil characteristics? Uh, absolutely. So um, just on my little 40 acres of pistachios, I've got four different soil types ranging from um, about a four CEC, which is pretty much river sand to 11, which is a, a decent, um, you know, sandy loam. So uh, you've got to know your soils as to what nutrition is being put on. And then if that's, if the, the case is that you have a sandier soil, smaller shots more often are absolutely critical because it's going to go right through the ground. And you also need to address uh, your irrigation needs at that point, because if you're just continually running 24, 48, um, you know, huge hour slugs of water on, you're just pushing everything past the roots. So you may have gotten your roots wet but they didn't have a chance to absorb nutrients. So smaller shots as you're fertigating compared to a normal irrigation event uh, will probably ensure that you get a lot more nutrition into the tree. Okay, great. Thanks for that, Rich. Speaking again on nutrients, how does a pistachio grower really know how much nutrients need to be added based on those demand curves? Man, I, uh, I would look like the golden goose if I was able to give you a definitive on that and tell you that uh, 107 units of nitrogen in the course of a year is going to be the, uh, the, the yield maximizer for all pistachios. So um, I, I get a lot of funny looks from people when I tell them that the last two years I put 20 and 26 units of nitrogen respectively on my field because uh, they don't believe I can do that or think that my water's so bad I'm getting a lot of nitrate out of the water, which is about six pounds a year. It's really not a lot. So, um, but I've also done five years of cover crop. I've mulched so my point in that is the growers that have taken different approaches to increasing organic matter and also 
uh, a very solid microbiome in the ground where you've got a lot of active outlets, you see a lot of worm activity. Um, the, if you're doing a CO2 respiration rate, you know um, that all this CO2 is being produced uh, off of the soil when it's incubated, you have active biology, which in turn, as those bloom and die, um, and as ammonia is created, you're going to uh, create a more stable form of nitrogen that'll be better to get into a plant. So you need to look at your tissues. Uh, that was a long-winded answer to a, <laughs> a question about a gamut of nutri uh, nutrients you asked, but take a look at your tissues and then look at the, the nutrient demand curves and tissue analysis and see if you're in those ranges and definitely not below critical ranges of anything. If you're below say 0.45 on your magnesium, you are deficient, especially when those leaves at the end of the terminals turn yellow and the fruit's developing. So um, tissues are kind of, like I said earlier, the blood pressure um, that need to be uh, at least taken into consideration throughout the season so that you know you're not specifically um, depleted in a, a specific micronutrient that in turn is affecting a lot of enzymatic processes that are going to the nuts. If you're already deficient, you have already reduced your yield. Okay. And you were mentioning there very briefly that a dense microbiome is, is very important for, you know, getting some of those nutrients in there. How can growers improve their soil microbiomes? What would you recommend? Uh, the studies on increasing the organic matter is going to be tremendous for that. And also the long irrigation sets, they've become uh, too anaerobic for too long. So you want to go smaller pulsed shots, which becomes a logistical nightmare for my farmers with more acreage uh, in getting the water right. But if you're not letting the roots just sit in water all the time, or even three or four days, if it's, they're only, um, you know, really wet for a day or two, that's going to make a big difference where your anaerobic then biology is not going to bloom and go crazy. The good stuff will have its chance to do a better job. Um, and also putting in things that are going to help, like think of the human body, we take prebiotics or um, you know, specific caplets of actual probiotics to help the ground, you can re-inoculate your soil um, with a different uh, compost tea, something that's been fermented that goes in the ground that has active biology, and then throw in those prebiotics like specific uh, carbon sources. Um, some sugars are fantastic. People put molasses and fertilizer all the time, different forms of sugar like uh, dextrose, clintose. Uh, there are other additives you can put in that will exacerbate a bloom in microbiology. Okay. Great answer there, Rich. We're going to be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by the California Walnut Board. Hi, we're back talking with Rich Krebs, CCA, SSP, and contributing writer about nutrition plans for pistachio orchards and how growers can make better orchard nutrition decisions. Rich, in a recent article you wrote for West Coast Nut, you say that the quote, derivative of the nutrient is as important as anything in making sure that what we put on actually goes in. Can you explain that further? Yeah, I think farmers get um, caught up with Again, everything that they have to deal with to, to bring in a crop, that when they're talking nutrition with a, their, their advisors, um, whether it's a CCA, the PCA, or even um, an outside agronomist, is they just get caught up in the actual nutrient. How much uh, nitrogen, phosphorus, calcium, magnesium, sulfur, what am I putting on in total load of a nutrient? But what that nutrient is derived from, uh, whether it's nitrate or it's ammonia, or it is... Um, if you're talking calcium, if it's a calcium sulfate, if it's calcium thiosulfate, calcium carbonate, um, you know, other forms uh, of, of that nutrient are going to react completely different. Uh, phosphorus is critical to be in an orthophosphate form. 
most of the time our fertilizers, it's cheaper to make and it's a more stable form to put on a polyphosphorus, but that's just gonna sit there. And it doesn't get taken up into the plant until it's broken down into a polyphosphate. Uh, that could take a hundred days when it's cold and wet. So early in the season, when you're in and pea demand is high, if it's going to take 60 to hundred days before that turns into orthophosphate, we're wasting. It's just sitting in the ground. We've put something on to feel good, but it's not getting into the tree. And here's another thing to think about derivative wise. Um, you know, gypsum does a lot of wonderful things for actually conditioning soil, but it is not a calcium fertilizer. Uh, 2000 pounds of gypsum when it's only a quarter percent soluble, uh, at 23% calcium, you do all the math and run that out, you're talking a pound or two of actual soluble calcium that's available for a plant to take up. So if that was done heavy in the fall and you still see the white streaks all over your berms or in the crotch of your berms, and you go out now and try to fertigate with a phosphorus nutrition, especially something that's not gonna be taken up right away as it hits a root, all that's gonna do is turn into plaster of Paris in the ground. So um, the, the actual derivative that a nutrient um, comes from when we make it, and its solubility is going to be critical to ensuring that we get it into a plant. I agree. That is very important. And obviously there's going to be some number crunching there, which may lead to some confusion. How do you really recommend that growers best go about that number crunching and getting into the nitty gritty of that chemistry there? Uh, most important, and it sounds funny coming from a guy that does a whole lot of talking, the most important thing is to ask questions. So typically when I'm consulting with someone, it's a, I run the gamut of questions I ask him up front, um, but I expect my, my farmers to do the same thing. They need to be asking me because if I don't know, they need to find somebody else. So what you want to do is, is go over those derivatives and then talk about yields. If you're putting on a product that um, maybe it has 10 units of phosphorus, but it's a polyphosphate product, it's 70%. It's 30% ortho, you're only getting three units in ortho. If you're putting on a product that's only five units of phosphorus applied, but it's all ortho, you got five units. So you didn't put on as much, but you had a lot more available phosphorus for the plant at that time. So uh, the most important thing that I think our farmers can do is uh, ask their consultants, let's do the math and talk about this and where it came from. Um, and then the, the most important thing after that, although a lot of trust has been involved over the years with a lot of consultants, if they don't know, find someone that does. This, this is your livelihood. Pistachios, we don't replant unless we have something catastrophic happen. Um, almonds are a 25-year crop. You know, you talk about almond trees. If you don't do things right for the first three or four years or you've messed something up as prices drop and you've neglected specific fertilizer, uh, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars that, that are lost over the course of, of the life of that crop. So, um, and with alternate bearing and pistachios, you want to make sure that you're putting on the right nutrition and what you're putting on is going into the plant, not what you're putting on, what you're getting in. Definitely. That's great. Rich, last question here. Any other tips for pistachio growers looking to make healthier decisions in their orchard? Uh, I, I think the biggest thing with Pistachio fertility that we've been chasing for a long time is trying to narrow the gap on the alternate bearing. Um, it's really frustrating uh, with some of my growers if I get called out after a 750 pound year in their off year because they did 6,500 pounds in the previous on year. Uh, I try to narrow that gap. I'd much rather see my growers do 5,500 pounds on a good year and 3,500 pounds on an off to increase their two year average as opposed to one big home run and then just sit back and have nothing to plan for in, in the off year. So um, fertigate for consistency. If you do need less nitrogen in your off year just to grow that plant to get it ready for the on again, don't neglect the other nutrition. It may be critical in pushing fruit buds. Uh, potassium at the right time in June, July and August 
maybe just as important as that nitrogen was early in the season to make sure those buds do what they're supposed to do. Adding energy at that time, adding magnesium in the middle of summer, which is the central element of chlorophyll, uh, is huge for getting the proper leaves to then photosynthesize correctly and tell the tree, okay, I can make some babies next year. Uh, and lots of times if we do fertigate too much of a specific nutrient that like nitrogen, that's just going to push rank vegetative growth, we get into that mode where a tree just grows a tree and it doesn't think about reproducing. So uh, balancing all of your nutrients so that every enzymatic process that needs to happen happens. And if there are specific times that maybe we should stress just a little bit to produce more babies instead of more leaves, that may be the time to do it and then maximize photosynthesis. And it's, it's difficult to do, but uh, if you trust your advisor and you actually have open dialogue with your consultant of what you've done uh, in the past, what you're doing now, and more importantly, like I said early, what you're going to do, what you're willing to make a change to make a difference, you can make that difference. Yep. That communication is key. Really appreciate you making a note of that there. Rich, thank you for coming on today and talking about nutrition plans for pistachio orchards, giving those really great detailed answers about how growers can make better orchard nutrition decisions. We appreciate having you on today. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Our growers have a battle every day. So anything we can do to help them out, we are willing to do. They definitely do. This is Taylor with My Ag Life signing off. Thanks for listening. Subscribe for updates on new episodes, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.